In this episode of 2000 Books, John Miller and I talk about how to increase personal accountability in order to eliminate victim mindset and accomplish a lot more in life. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books. Every Monday and Wednesday, we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs, books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, personal development, and much, much more. And I am your host, Manny Vaya. John Miller is the founder of QBQ Inc., a leadership and management training company. He's also the author of six books, including the groundbreaking book we're talking about today, QBQ, The Question Behind the Question, Practicing Personal Accountability at Work and in Life. John, I'm really excited to talk to you about this idea of personal responsibility and the real question behind all these questions. So welcome. Let's dig into this. Thank you, Manny. Glad to be here. Great. Um, so first off, just introduce yourself to us. Tell us your personal story and uh, how that led up to this book. No problem. My name's John Miller. My website is qbq.com. And the only reason I say that is that's a, that's a website I've had since 1998 and I created it. And I created this business because I am an entrepreneur. In fact, in many ways, Manny, I always feel like I'm in a startup mode because when it comes to being in a startup mode, you're always looking for new ideas. You're looking to grow. You're looking to prosper. You're looking to make a difference. You're looking to find new clients. And for me, that never changes. So years ago, I started uh, selling training to leaders and managers, and then I evolved into a kind of a speaker. And then I started writing books. And I live in Denver, Colorado with my wife, Karen who I've been married to since 1980, and we have seven kids, Manny, ages 32 down to 17, and we have five (laughs) grandchildren, so we are a productive crowd. Wow, that's quite impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, let's talk about how this book came about. What was like the reason, what led you to write this book? Well, that takes um, just a moment because I need to share a little history. Sure. I came out of Cornell University in 1980, and I signed on with a big company. And uh, I wasn't very good sitting at a desk, but I did it for five years in three different cities. And I just wasn't happy. And one day, somebody said to me, you know what? You should get in sales. And I probably thought, no, not me. Well, what I didn't know is I was going to be really good at sales. And of course, any startup business needs a lead effective salesperson, and that was me. So I started selling. I got hired to sell leadership and management training up in Minnesota, the Twin Cities. And I did that for 10 years, and I found my niche. I love to sell. I love to train. I love to facilitate learning. I love to create discussion between people. I love to advise and counsel and coach. So I kind of found my niche in not just selling, but selling training. So that led to sitting in workshops with good people, mostly managers, for about 10 years. And I I learned a lot, but I started hearing people ask really lousy questions. And these lousy questions like, you know, why do we have to go through all this change? And when is someone going to train me? And why can't we find good people? That led me to realize, you know, there's there's a missing component in most organizations, and that is personal accountability is what's missing. And the reason I mention that is I I came up with this idea, the QBQ, that helps us take some of those lousy questions like, why do we have to go through all this change and turn them around and ask, how can I adapt to the changing world? And I discovered 20 years ago that when I would teach people to turn that question around and ask what we call the QBQ or the question behind the question, the minute they asked those better questions, everything improved in their life at work and at home. So in 1994, I coined the phrase, the question behind the question, 
1995, I left the training company I was working for, and I started my own training company, all based on this idea of QBQ, the question behind the question, and its core message of personal accountability. And that's needed for entrepreneurs, and that's needed for startups, but it's also needed for people working in a 10,000 firm company. Each of us need personal accountability. Absolutely. So you have been working on this idea for over a couple of decades now. Like this is a strong idea with a lot of foundation to it. Let's dive into the book. Like give us like a two minute overview, a 10,000 feet overview of the book itself. Well, it's interesting. The book is actually a reflection of my keynote engagements. Uh, you know, we were talking before we went on air about the corporations I, I speak for. And I speak for a lot of big companies. Like, you know, two weeks ago, I was down in Las Vegas speaking for Longhorn Steakhouse, 500 managers. I had one hour, you know, fast, frank, and fun, Manny, one hour, John Miller teaching QBQ. <laughs> and, and if you analyze my keynote engagements and read the book, you'd see a similar pattern. So the book is laid out with opening stories. That's what a good keynote speaker does. A good keynote speaker teases the audience, but doesn't dump all the content on them in the first 10 minutes. A good keynote speaker has humor. The QBQ book has a lot of humor in it. And it's story-based because you see the human mind never thinks in words. It always thinks in pictures. Yeah. And so what we need to engage in to help people learn whether we're speaking or writing is storytelling. So the QBQ book itself, which is only about an hour read maybe now an hour and five hour and 10 minutes because we recently rewrote it manny the version you have i don't know if that's the newest one or not the newest version actually has a burst on the front that says we've sold a million copies i didn't put it there my publisher did he, they were quite <laughs> proud of that yeah but we rewrote it and we added some faqs in the back and we you know sharpened it up and added a new story and so it's about an hour an hour and quarter read for most people but it's lighthearted and it's fun and it's story based but it's incredibly meaningful because about i'd say 7 pages in people start realizing wow this is a new way of thinking personal accountability no blame no victim thinking no procrastination no asking when is someone going to train me why don't i get more support but start asking, what can I do to develop myself? How can I move forward today? We call those QBQs, the question behind the question. That's what the book's all about. Absolutely. And I've personally read the book numerous times now. It's a quick read. It takes an hour, but something you want on your bookshelf because it really got me thinking so many times about where I was lacking in personal accountability. So I agree with you, John, there. Now let's get into the details of the book. Like, What are the three most important ideas? Like, Let's get into the nitty-gritty details of the book. Well, it's funny when you, when you ask that, I, I want to say, Manny, it's just about personal accountability, you know? But I understand also beyond the message of personal accountability, there are some specific ideas in the book. One of them is this, the answers are in the questions. When we ask better questions, we get better answers. And we're not talking about better questions of others. Like, like if you're a startup and you've got five people, this is not about asking your people better questions. If you're a startup, you're still talking to the customer every day. This is not about asking the customer or the client a better question. Mm -hmm. QBQ is all about ask, me asking better questions, me asking better questions of me, Manny, because the answers are in the questions. And when I say stuff like, why don't clients return my phone calls? All I've done is played victim and blamed. But if I turn it around and ask a better question of me, what can I do to be more creative today to reach my clients? How can I do a more effective job of getting their attention? Then I, you know, I do Periscope now, and your, your listeners can follow us at, at QBQ Guy. That's our name, at QBQ Guy, G-U-I, on Twitter and Periscope. And, and our theme music has become Michael Jackson's song, The Man in the Mirror, because that's what QBQ is really all about. 
is instead of blaming the customer or blaming my staff or blaming my family, looking in the mirror saying, how can I be better today? So the answers are in the question. I just wanted to say that is absolutely one of the biggest ideas for me as well, because as you read through the book, you realize asking the wrong questions could just set you up for so much disaster and so much wrong thinking, negative thinking in this process. Is there a story or some anecdote that you had from the book that kind of ties in with this idea? That, or maybe we can go over a story later. Sure. But if you have a story, that would be great. Anytime. A chapter one of the QBQ book is the uh, story that I'm asked to tell live most often. Uh, it's all about me walking into the Rock Bottom Brewery on a Thursday, and they were so busy that lunchtime, they put me at a bar stool. There were no booths, no tables available. And so I'm sitting at the bar and I'm kind of in a hurry, but nobody knows that, of course. And I haven't been waited on. And a young man runs by me carrying a tray of dirty dishes. He's heading to the kitchen. And out of the corner of his eye, he sees me and he stops carrying this heavy load. He didn't have to, but he did it. He chose to. And he uh, he looks at me. He says, sir, have you been helped? I said, no, I haven't been. I'm kind of in a hurry. He said, well, I can help you, sir. What would you like? I said, well, you know, salad, maybe a roll, something quick. I can get you that, sir. What would you like to drink? I said, well, I'll have a Diet Coke. It's my favorite. And he, he said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. We only sell Pepsi products. Uh, no, thanks. I'll have water and lemon. So he's off. And a couple minutes later, he's back with the salad and the roll and the water and the lemon. And I thanked him and he left. And this is a very key moment in this story, Manny, because when we're building a business, it's not about just serving our customers, though that's important. It's about going the extra mile. What we found, and I wrote this in our book titled Outstanding, another book called Outstanding 47 Ways to Make Your Organization Exceptional. That's so important for startups to get going with the right things early. But when I wrote the Outstanding book, I wrote the fact that we need to really look at ourselves and say, okay, am I going the extra mile? Because mm -hmm. organizations, outstanding organizations that have the extra edge, it's because the individual named Manny or John are going the extra mile. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the restaurant enjoying my meal. This guy does not have to come back. But suddenly I feel the wind of enthusiasm blowing behind my back. Long arm of service stretches across my shoulder and places right next to my plate a 20 ounce bottle of Diet Coke. Just what I had asked for, but they don't sell it. I was stunned. <laughs> and I said, thanks. And he said, you're welcome. And he ran off. And my, my first thought, Manny, was I got to hire this guy. <laughs> and I don't care if he went to college because I want to hire character over college degrees. But that's another interview. Mm -hmm. So I called him over. I said, I thought you didn't sell Coke products. He says, we don't. I said, well, where did this come from? He says, grocery store around the corner. I couldn't wow. believe it. And I said, wait a minute, who paid for it? And he says, oh, I did, sir. Just a dollar out of my tip money. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint. So I think I'll hire him now for sales. And then I asked him one more question. And this is the punchline everybody loves when I tell this story from the stage or it's in the book too. I said, come on, you didn't have time to go get it. How'd you have time to go get it? You didn't have time to go get it. He goes, oh, I didn't go get it, sir. I sent my manager. Absolutely Can you imagine fantastic. Manny sending your manager? Who on this call, who on this interview would not want to send their manager on some days? And uh, that's what he did. He told his manager, hey, hey, this guy wants a Diet Coke. Can you go get it? And that really leads us to another big idea in the book. Mm -hmm. She engaged in service to him. We all have customers, 360 degrees around us. And the manager didn't look at that server that day and say, well, wait a minute, you work for me. I'm the boss. The manager said, you bet. What can I do to serve you? And then, then the server, whose name is Jacob, by the way, Jacob said, what can I do to serve that guy at the bar? And, and the world was just a better place that day in that moment because people were asking, what can I do to serve? That story is called The Jacob and the Diet Coke is the best way to look at it. And it's chapter one of the QBQ book. And there's more to that story. Yep. But here's the key. In that moment, 
when he was running by me at the bar, think about what he did not think. He did not think, hey, who's supposed to be covering the bar area? He did not think, hey, whose customer is this? Mm-hmm. He didn't think, not my job. Mm-hmm. He paused. He looked at me. He said, what can I do to serve you? Just like his manager a few minutes later said, what can I do to serve you? And everybody was practicing personal accountability. It was a great day. It, absolutely. Of course, there's a lot more to that story. And uh, we find that in the book. But it is a great, great way. It's a great story. It teaches everything that is right about personal accountability. Thank um, you. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go to the other two ideas that you want to talk about. Well, one of them I just touched on is the whole service thing. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people go through training for servant leadership and all that stuff. And that's great. But I just gave it to you like in a sentence, you know, managers, startup managers, any manager, leaders, owners, uh, they're only going to make it if they understand that they need to look into their people's eyes and say, what can I do for you? How can I be a better coach for you? The, The human tendency, Manny, always is to blame, find fault, criticize, be disappointed, get frustrated, And it leads to questions like, why can't we find good people? When am I going to get more help around here? And, you know, startup people will ask this a lot. If they're not careful, they'll play martyr. Why do I have to do everything myself? Why don't other people care as much as I care? All of those questions lead me to the traps that we talk about in the book. Blame, victim thinking, procrastination. The minute I stop and look at my people and say, how can I be a better coach for you? I'm truly engaging in servant leadership, and forget that buzzword, I'm just being a good manager. I believe very strongly in people management. Sometimes people say, no, it's not about management, it's about leadership. Well, nobody ever compliments their manager as a leader unless they are a skillful people manager. So it's incumbent upon owners and startup managers and people like that to really work on their management skills. This is one of the biggest traps for startup folks. They don't work on their management skills. They had an idea. They invented something. They had energy. They had desire. Maybe their uncle gave them funding. But what they still lack often is people management skills. So the QBQ book, one of the ideas in there is all about service and, may I say this, humility. Humility is the cornerstone of leadership. Absolutely. And the startup person who grows a company, if they're not careful, when five years later they have 200 employees, if they're not careful, arrogance can set in. And then they start mm-hmm. driving people away. They start driving customers away. They're in control. They're, they don't empower others. Got to be very careful with the arrogant thing. When someone starts a business, if they succeed, they have to work consciously to stay humble. And the QBQ book talks about the importance of humility because humility is the cornerstone of leadership. So humility, service, looking in the mirror, personal accountability, the answers are in the questions. All of this stuff is in a one-hour read called QBQ. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one of the ideas that I absolutely love is, which is basically the most important idea of personal accountability, the fact that I can only change me. A lot of times people say, okay, well, the business environment is bad, or this particular kind of client is bad, or the situation I'm in right now, the city I'm in, or whatever the constraints, Mm -hmm. everything around me, that is what is the problem, not me. So I can only change me. Like that is so profound. That's a huge idea in the book. And I just hadn't brought that up yet. I'm glad you did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I'm on interviews and people say, you know, what's the number one takeaway? 
Well, most people walk away with that. And we can close on that in a few minutes. But the whole concept that I can only change me and today's the day to start working on me. Yeah. And uh, is there, again, like I, I love stories. If there's another story we can talk about, or maybe we can just close on this and move on to the exercises. Well, there, there is another story in the book that I just love. It's about Benita on the airplane and it's a flight attendant. But I'm, I'm not going to tell the story. I'll let people buy the book. But I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to give you a hint yeah. about the Benita story. Mm-hmm. She's on the airplane. We're at 30,000 feet. She did something that caused people to laugh and enjoy the moment. But just prior to that moment, Manny, it was a bad flight. You know, people were in a bad mood. We were three hours late. The weather was terrible. The tension was high. You know, if you've ever been on the grumpy flight, this was the mm-hmm. grumpy flight. And the key to that story is understanding this. How complicated is it to get an airliner off the ground on time? Well, it's extremely complicated. We frequent flyers like me. I'm a million miler. We get kind of spoiled and we look at our watches and say, hey, we're three minutes behind. Why aren't we going? This isn't right. Well, in reality, it's very complicated to get an airplane off the ground on time. That day, that flight was three hours late. That's the Benita story in the QBQ book. Okay. What part of that problem was the flight attendant's fault? The answer is none of it. She could have blamed her colleagues. She could have blamed the gate agent. She could have blamed the weather. She could have blamed the customers. She didn't. She did something simply because she asked, what can I do right now to make a difference? What can I do to delight my customers? And Benita, the flight attendant, followed through, did something fun. It's in the book. But the key to understanding that book is none of that problem that day was her fault, and she still avoided the game of blame. Good for her. Yep, absolutely. So, John, before we close the interview, we always like to make sure that people have actionable advice, some homework, some exercises. So would you please share some with us, uh, sure. usually one to three exercises? Well, I'll give you, I'm going to give you two. Okay. First of all, the mechanics of the QBQ are this. The better question does not begin with why, when, or who. In other words, the book teaches us to avoid victim questions like, why is this happening to me? And procrastination questions like, when will the customer return my call? And blame questions like, who did it? Who made the mistake? So I would challenge our listeners today, Manny, to take a legal tablet. Yeah, old-fashioned piece of paper and a pen. And write down some of the lousy questions you've been asking that begin with why, when, and who. Again, things like, why can't we find good people? When will I get a break? Who made the mistake? These are bad questions. The better questions begin with what or how, and they contain the word I. So they sound more like, what can I do to make a difference? How can I adapt to the changing world? What can I do to help solve the problem? So make a list of the lousy questions you've been asking and then convert them to QBQs. They begin with what or how and contain the word I. And of course, more of that's covered in the book. The other homework assignment I would give people is this. Be honest. Who have you been trying to fix? A spouse, a friend, a coworker, a person on your staff, a client. Every human being everywhere gets frustrated with someone in their life. Oh, if that person would only change my life would be so much better. Well, what we don't realize, Manny, is we are wasting so much energy, emotional energy. And you know what? Energy is finite. We only have so much energy in a day. So you people, you know, you're starting a new business. Man, don't waste your energy trying to fix somebody you can't change. So the homework assignment is to simply admit it. You know, I've been trying to fix my teenage son. I've been trying to fix my daughter, my, my coworkers. Today, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to let go of it. And I'm going to pause and ask, well, what can I do to change me? You will feel 
the, the, the increase in energy and you will feel the freedom the minute you stop trying to change someone else and start working on just self. So the homework assignment is to identify who have you been trying to fix? Let it go. Absolutely. The, what you said about it, one of the key things you said was you, you experience freedom. And it's mm. absolutely so freeing just knowing that because otherwise you feel controlled. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're being run by something. But once you accept and you say, well, what can I do? It's a sense of freedom that you usually do not feel. Totally agree. Yeah. So, John, before we go, please tell us what you've been up to lately, what other books you've been working on, what other programs you've been working on, and where people can find you. Sure. Again, qbq.com and more. You know, Manny, I've I've done thousands of interviews. And in the old days, we'd give out phone numbers and street address and all that stuff. (laughs) Now it's Hey, qbq.com, three letters, qbq.com. You go on there and on the right, you can join us on YouTube and join us on Twitter and join us on Facebook and LinkedIn and now Periscope. If you do Periscope, at QBQ guy, follow me. We do about one or two live video messages a week. That's what Periscope's all about. It's it's awfully new, Manny, awfully new. It's only been out a few months. Very exciting. But qbq.com, folks, that's where you can find me. My email is john at qbq.com, J-O-H-N at qbq.com. I always answer and respond to every email I get. So anybody out there listening can send me an email and I will respond. Absolutely. And uh, some of the books you've been working on lately, other than QBQ? Or no new books. Been published? The, the newest book is Parenting the QBQ Way. It's a parenting book. We have seven kids and we decided to write a parenting book. My wife and I wrote it together. And if you believe in no excuses parenting, no blaming Hollywood and politicians and society for how our kids turn out, that's the right book for you, Parenting the QBQ Way. That's our newest book. Got it. Excellent. Thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun and a lot of learning for me and our listeners as well. Well, thank you, Manny. I was glad to be here today. So, my ambitious friends, I have a very important question for you. What is the single biggest indicator and predictor of success? Because in my reading of over 1,000 books, I have found out that there is one common thread, one common indicator that ties all of the greatest success stories in this world. And this is a factor that has been emphasized again and again and again in the greatest books ever written on the topic of accomplishing our goals. The greatest thinkers and achievers have all said the same thing. From Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic philosopher 2,000 years ago, to the greatest UFC fighters of today. And from champion athletes like Babe Ruth and Michael Jordan to big-time entrepreneurs like Elon Musk. So here at 2000 Books, we have created a 90-day course specifically on this topic, where we summarize 40 of the greatest books ever written on this topic. So reading these books, reading these 40 books can take you almost 250 plus hours. And if you read one hour every day, Monday through Friday, every week, this reading can take you an year. But what we have done is we have summarized the knowledge from these books into daily five to 10 minute bite-sized videos so that you can absorb a new idea or a couple of new ideas every single day and take action on them, take action on them. And Build them over time over a period of 90 days. So come check out this course at 2000books.com slash tough. That's T-O-U-G-H, tough. Or text the word tough, T-O-U-G-H, to 44222 and get more information on this course. The course is now live and you can join at any time. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside of the course.